Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, so in 2017 and 2018, around the same time Sunny wrote her book, Unhitched, Lobsterbird Sophia Ramolde wrote, Level Up, Power Practices for Spiritual Superabundance. Janaki Chakravarti wrote, From Broke to Breadwinner. And Ritu Goswami wrote, The New Billable Hour. All of them, their wonderful books and great stories are coming up next on Sunny in Seattle. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, to inspire you, and to give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch us live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. Um, I also invite you to connect with me on Facebook. And, of course, I've got my personal page that's there, my name, Sunny Joy McMillan. But you can also um, follow the page that we have for the show, which is Sunny in Seattle Radio. And when you do that, you will get notices of the upcoming shows we've got. Um, so you can see what's going on on any given week. Um, my website for my business, my coaching practice is goldenoversoul.com. And that's a great way to learn more about me and what I do and connect with me. Um, and then finally, um, I think if you guys have been listening in the past couple of months, I will continue to mention my my landing page for the book. Um, so, of course, my book is called Unhitched, Unlock Your Courage and Clarity to Unstick Your Bad Marriage. Um, it's for anybody out there who's feeling unhappy or unfulfilled in your marriage. Maybe you don't know what to do, or maybe you're already in divorce and you're hoping you can make it a little bit gentler and come out the other side whole. Um, so my book will meet you where you are. And that landing page for the book where you can access a free copy uh, is unhitchedbook.com. That's unhitchedbook.com. So feel free to grab your free copy or share that with anybody you think might benefit from it. Um, I know being unhappy in a marriage is not something that everyone is comfortable talking about. So um, being able to read this in the privacy and comfort of your own home uh, can be um, a good experience for some folks. So feel free to share this uh, website with anyone you think might benefit from it. Okay, so we're going to hustle through. I'm going to say a quick hi to Benny because I haven't oh, seen hello. him in a week. <laughs> Happy summer solstice to hey, you, thanks, by the Benny. way. Yep, I'm ready for it. Are you? Totally. <laughs> no, I it, would hope so. It is crazy, though, that, you know, it gets light at about 4 a.m. and it gets dark at 10 p.m. I think it's great. Long days. It's, yeah. <laughs> being from Texas, I mean, I, it makes sense just because of where it is geographically mm-hmm. placed. We didn't have quite those same long days. So it's nice to be up here and get extra to make up for what we lose in wintertime when it gets <laughs> totally. dark at 4 yep. p.m. I know. <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, so we've got a really jam-packed show today. We're going to try to do a lot, and so I'm going to hustle right on into introducing my three amazing guests. So you guys know that I finished my book in December of 2017. was about when the manuscript was all finished, everything was out of my hands, and it just that the publishing process takes it from there. I mean, there's still things to be done. So there were, there were several other authors who published around the same time that I did, and I have three of them here today, and they are vastly different women. Their books are very unique, um, and so we're going to be talking to each of them about their book, their unique story, and perhaps if they've got any advice for anybody else out there to write a book. Because we all were going through different things when we were writing. We all came from various backgrounds, but we all ended up with a finished product that I think... I can speak for all of us and say that we're very, very proud of. In fact, one of our authors today, Sophia, um, has finished now her second book in a period of about a year, which is pretty cool. Um, so the the ladies that I'm going to be talking to today, we're going to do, we're virtual roundtables, so I'm going to try to keep it where we can have conversation flowing, um, but, you know, when we're all connecting remotely, sometimes that <laughs> we have to be a little bit more... Uh, what is it? Disciplined and how we're uh, presenting mindful. things. Yes, there we mind. go. Mindful. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And Ritu will speak to that. <laughs> She's all about the mindfulness uh, in the practice of law. Um, but so the three women that I'm going to be talking to today with their books are Sophia Ramolde, who goes by Lobster Bird. Um, and I can't wait to find out more about how that name came about. Her book is called Level Up, Power Practices for Spiritual Abundance. Then we've got Janaki Chakravarti. 
uh, who wrote From Broke to Breadwinner, A Single Mom's Guide to Financial Independence and More. And then finally, we've got Ritu Goswami, who is a an attorney like me, although she's less of a recovering attorney. I think she may still have maybe like a couple of well, Rita, you're going to have to speak to that, but I think that you're transitioning out of the practice of law, but she was an immigration attorney for many years, and she wrote a book called The New Billable Hour, Bill More Hours, Be More Productive, and Still Have Work-Life Balance. So we're going to talk to each of these three women about their book today, um, and you guys can find out. They're going to give us information on how to get a, a copy of that book, a free copy. I think most of us are offering free copies of our book. So Anyway, why don't we start? Actually, I'll just welcome each of you, and I'll say your name, and then you can say hi, and then we'll get started, because I know since we're all in, I think we all may actually be in California, or not, well, everybody's West Coast, but all three of you may be in California while I'm sitting up here in Seattle, but um, Sophia Lobsterbird, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Hi to everyone out there. I'm broadcasting from Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Okay, you're making your way out West. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Awesome. I guess you kind of are already West, but even farther West. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So now Janaki, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Hi, Sunny. Hi, uh, Sophia and Ritu as well. And it's wonderful to be with you all on, on the show today. Yes. And are you coming to us from California? Yes. I'm based in Southern California. And so it's the same time zone. No problem at all. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And then finally, Ritu, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sunny. Hi, everyone. And I am in um, near Santa Cruz, California. Yes, actually, um, it's so funny, Ritu. I will tell everybody on the show because sure. they knew I just went on this scouting adventure in California. And one of the cities that we wanted to check out is called Felton. And they have a little Sasquatch Museum there. It's a beautiful city mm-hmm. located right in the Santa Cruz, uh, the forest and the mountains there. Um, and I happened to find out Ritu lives in Felton. Is that right? <laughs> Yes, it's it, it was a secret, but now we just said it on the radio. Oh, yes. yeah, it's a very small town. No, it's a very small town near Santa Cruz. That yeah, I was surprised that you had found out about it. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. It's 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 yeah, it's a well kept secret. We're in the mountains, plus near the ocean. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh man, we were we loved it. We stopped and talked. We went to the little Sasquatch Museum there, which is why it piqued our interest because you know. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. We love Sasquatch. And, um, (laughs) yeah, this little gentleman has been running this museum on donations for years, and he's just the funniest little guy and was so kind and spent an hour telling us all about, you know, his sightings and all that. So, anyway, we were – we had a ball in Felton. (laughs) Well – so um, why don't we do this? I'm going to start. I just have the way that my outline is set up. I've got Sophia and then Janaki and Ritu. Now, if you guys want to jump in on each other's conversations, please do. And if we have a little bit of lag time between all the Skype connections, we'll manage that. But please don't feel like you just have to sit in the corner and wait for your turn if there's something you want to either chime in with or ask. Um, but so starting with Sophia. So what I'll do, I'll read um, Sophia a little bit of background information on her, and then we will start with some questions. So um, Sophia Romolde, or as I, uh, as I know her, Lobster Bird, is the two-time international best-selling author of Phase Out, The Secret Guide to Finding Work That Frees Your Soul, and then most recently, her second book, Level Up, Power Practices for Spiritual Abundance. She believes in creativity, and it is the very spark of human enlightenment. Her mission is to free that energy and create a wildfire of consciousness. Sophia guides spiritual creatives on pilgrimage so they can level up in their businesses, heal their lives, and change the world. In 2017, Sophia created her signature coaching program, The Hero's Way, and took her business from zero to over a quarter of a million dollars in less than a year. And I have been witness to her doing that for at least, I'd say, six to eight months of that, I think, as long as I've been um, in in a writing group uh, with her. And it's just been uh, magical to watch. Her work continues to grow as her League of Heroes build their businesses from an energetic foundation, bringing together their multi-prismatic skills into their signature work. Among many things, Sophia is also a certified Reiki master with a background in psychology and an MFA in performance and multimedia art. She brings these gifts together into experiences that inspire emerging entrepreneurs to make their dreams a reality and believe that magic is real. Uh, Reach out to her through her email address, which is magic at lobsterbird.com. That's magic at lobsterbird.com. So, Lobster Bird, (laughs) welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so we have to ask, where did the name Lobster Bird come from? Is that your given name? 
<laughs> it is in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> to me about my ancestors. <laughs> it's a little bit of a story. Um, so I'll try to make it short for the sake of everyone. Okay. But um, I was born to an Asian lady and a white dude. They came together and they had me. Um, that's a longer story, which I'll be happy to tell you later. Okay. Um, but for many years, I grew up in a very, um, you know, uh, homeogenic town. You know, there was a lot of white people around. And so I didn't really know anything about um, half of my existence until I had moved to New York City and I was doing art and performance. And during that time, I was asked to do a project called Fishbird. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I learned that the Hapa people of Hawaii, who tend to be half Japanese and half American, they call themselves fishbirds because a fish and a bird could fall in love, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, but where yes. would they live? <laughs> yeah. Because a bird can't live in the sea, you know, <laughs> that whole thing. And they never feel like they're quite at home in either culture. So I did this project and then it kind of went away. And then many years later, I was working in a karaoke bar in the East Village. My friends owned it and they were crazy about the holidays. And it was Halloween and I didn't have a costume. And I met with my friend, Tom, and I said, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And he said, well, do you want to uh, dress up as a lobster? <laughs> and I said, sure. <laughs> so I put on this Gigantor lobster costume with, replete with gigantic claws. And I went to go bartend in the karaoke bar. And it was basically a huge hit because I was non-functioning. I was knocking over all the bottles <laughs> in the bar and I couldn't hold glasses. Uh, and everyone thought it was hysterical. So they started to then dedicate songs to the lobster, like <laughs> Under the Sea, <laughs> Octopus's Garden. <laughs> uh, when they ran out of sea-themed songs, then they just changed lyrics, like Hell is for Children became Hell for Lobsters. <laughs> Uh, and it became a thing. And eventually people um, started to ask me to come and do performances as the lobster, which <laughs> humbling for my ego. <laughs> and, um, you know, so after a while of doing that, I realized I, they came back into my mind that what I was doing in my art was I was taking things that didn't seem like they fit together. Uh -huh. So I was working with art and science. I was working with visual and performing arts. I was working with technology and spirituality. And I was combining all these things. And when I was thinking about that, I remembered the idea of the fish bird and how it seems like those two things can't coexist in the same world. Yep. And I thought about what I was doing and I remembered, oh, I'm not a fish bird. I'm a lobster bird. <gasps> <laughs> and so then it took me many, many years um, and lots of travels and then, you know, working with people and helping them to take these different parts of themselves or of the world that seem like they're polarities, that seem like they can't coexist. And when we bring them together, we actually create something new and transcendent, a new creature like a fish bird or a lobster bird or something that just transcends anything that anyone's ever seen before. Yeah. And one of the things um, that I have noticed in, in having read your book and now getting to know you a little bit better, most people have this idea of the creative as the starving artist who is, you know, if you decide that course of life, you are automatically going to be destitute and you just better love the art for art's sake. But I have watched you, you yourself as a creative, and also now the clients and the readers of your book, become incredibly abundant in creating art and practices around art and businesses around art um, in a way that I just I've not seen before. And so can you tell us a little bit about your book and, you know, how this is? I mean, clearly your practices for spiritual superabundance are working, especially in your own <laughs> life. So tell us a little bit about this book. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in thinking about the idea of the lobster bird, too, um, you're right. Those two ideas, like being an artist and, you know, living in superabundance, they seem like totally separate things. Right. Or maybe that there is like, a very few select artists who are able to make a lot of money and then they're considered sellouts by like legit artists. I put this all in air quotes. Right. Um, these are some ideas that we have and it doesn't seem like an artist can make a lot of money and keep their authenticity and their integrity and really, um, you know, have that abundance so that they can really feed that into their art and make something in the world that makes a difference. So those are two polarities that I am passionate about bringing together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then also... Um, so and as you said, I've done it in my own... Oh, thank you. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I've done it in my own life. 
life. And then I wanted to share those practices with other people. So that is what Level Up is about. And two of the things, two of the experiences that I had that really informed my journey. One was going on pilgrimage. I was at the apex of my artistic career in 2014, and I was doing a job in Tokyo, Japan. And I was dancing with robots. It was very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I created this whole fancy thing. And then while I was doing it, I was just dead inside. Mm. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And when I figured it out is that I was aiming for this idea of success that was not exactly mine. Mm. It was not aligned with who I was and what my soul was and really about the changes that I wanted to see happen in the world. And so I basically quit everything. Everything then imploded, relationships, finances. I quit the job. I went over there two weeks before it was at like the Modern Museum of Arts. Like I just had no choice. And then my body went out, like everything just fell apart. Mm -hmm. And I, my, two of my friends said, well, you have nothing to do now. You should go on this pilgrimage in Japan. <laughs> so I did that. And that was one of the informing things. Um, and so in Level Up, I tell the story about how I now take spiritual creatives on pilgrimages so they can have a similar experience. Because what I realized is that that in and of itself is a hero's journey. And it's felt very strongly in the course of a pilgrimage. And what I realized on that pilgrimage is actually that Time and space are not at all what they seem. Reality is something that we have completely constructed and not always consciously. And if we learn how to do that in a conscious way, we can actually have access to all the things that we desire and that that's the most important thing that we can actually do for the world. Yeah. And that one of the things also that I wanted to point out, because actually in watching, there were so many authors that, that are in this group and gosh, they're all incredibly impressive, but... Sophia, you stood out to me because as we're trying to uh, build businesses and really the reason that we work with the writing coach or the author coach that we have, her name is Angela Loria, was because she's all about building a movement with your message. And I watched, you know, there are certain things as a business owner you can do, that the templates to follow, you know, do these kind of awareness tactics like be on radio shows or do Facebook ads or all these various things. And I watched you. And it just seemed like, yeah, those those suggestions are out there, but you really did it in a way that was unique to you. And just by virtue of the energy that you brought to the awareness you were creating, it was just magnetic for people. And I want I'm going to read a little quote from the book, and I'm wondering if you can speak to that, because I know we have a lot of heart centered and spiritual entrepreneurs, creatives in our listening audience here in Seattle. Um, so the quote that I would love for you to just riff on a little bit, um, Sophia, is if you are not creating your business with an awareness of your energy and building it in our energetic alignment with your life force, it may be a challenging endeavor. To my mind, alignment is the only way to ensure that we are successful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. I mean, does that say it? Does that say it all? Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, and so I will say, that, you know, the other part of the book um, that I didn't talk about is that the alternative title was Everything I Learned About Life I Learned in Acting School. Uh. And so for me, it's all about practice. And one of the main practices that has informed my life, besides um, learning the practice of performance, is energy work. Mm -hmm. And so as you said, I'm a Reiki master. And when I start to combine energy work with the idea of performance and practice, um, that's when I really, you, you can start to tell then, you know, like when, and in my book I go and I outline all the different parts of a performance that we have to craft. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, we are all the roles. We're all creating the stories of our lives as we're going on. And we are both the writer and the actor and the director and the costume designer. We do that when we pick our clothing. We do that when we decide where we're going and what we're going to say, we're writing the script, mm -hmm. you know? And so when we're looking at it through this lens, I think it becomes really clear, like what is in alignment for our character and almost how to play that role to the um, way that we want this story to go. And so for me, it's on two levels. It's in a, and an epic like story performative sense. I really believe that when we become the person that we really wish to be, all of the other stuff comes along with it. And so for me, that really speaks to coming from an energetic standpoint, because when I say be the person, you know, when it when we break it down, this universe to the very smallest level, if that's even possible, everything is energy, right? Right. Like 
every our bodies are energy the plants are energy this computer is energy um, it's not even a, a real thing except that our consciousness constructs it in this way right. and so if everything is made of energy then it's the most single most important thing in the world i think to understand your own energy and to understand when it's in alignment of your own unique life force and your own unique mission for being here on this planet i do believe we all have one yeah and so you know <laughs> so- as we're kind of um i've got, we've got a couple more minutes i want to ask you a few more questions before we pass the baton um, so what what message would you have out there for our listeners who do want to level up, who want to embrace these practices for spiritual, as you call it, spiritual superabundance? Yeah, well, if you have never gotten received energy work before or interacted it, if you're like hearing me say, um, understand your energy and you're like, what does that even mean? Then I would really suggest, you know, finding an energy healer, reaching out if you have any questions for me, I'm happy to answer them. Um, you have my email address is magic at lobsterbird.com. And uh, yeah, just I think it's like one of the most important things that we on the planet have an understanding of what energy is. And I think it's really a lot of people are awakening right now to a higher level of consciousness. And as we do that, it takes a tremendous amount of practice and realigning in order to stay grounded in times that are really quite crazy. Um, and the energy is really spinning at a fast level uh, to both stay grounded in our bodies and be able to go along with that energy for the human evolution. Yes. So say, yeah, get on board with an energy healer, energy worker, or learn more about it through books. I can vouch for that. The energy work that I've done, while I didn't immediately see, it's not like, you know, you go and now you have a Band-Aid on your arm after leaving the doctor. But over time, oh, my gosh, the energy work that... I have done over the past several years has really been foundational to me being able to create the business that I wanted to create. So I, I definitely second that, Sophia. Um, so finally, real quickly before um, we are going to go to a break, um, I, I noticed that you have a pilgrimage, a live pilgrimage coming up, uh, or I guess an in-person pilgrimage coming up in Mount Shasta in September. Do you, can you speak just real quickly about how someone would connect with you if they want to know more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, you can email me at magic at lobsterbird.com. I would love to talk to you. We are doing a pilgrimage, and around these pilgrimages is my program, The Hero's Way. And so I help spiritual creatives to you know, build your businesses from this energetic standpoint and alignment um, so that you can also thrive in spiritual superabundance and see that all around you. So I would love any questions. Um, and if you'd like to connect with me on Facebook, too, you can find me on my personal page and just let me know you've come through sunny in Seattle. Yes, wonderful. Okay, well, Sophia or Lobster Bird, uh, thank you so much. Um, and we're going to go ahead and take our break. When we come back, we're going to pass the baton to Janaki Chakravarti and hear all about her story from broke to breadwinner, a single mom's guide to financial independence and more. You are listening to Sunny, at, sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny. Joy. We will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story, and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available for pre-order today on Amazon.com. After countless tries to find healing for a devastating low back pain, Dr. Andy Marone met with his mentor and discovered a balance and clarity he never thought possible. He left his job as a software engineer and began a lifelong journey of learning the power of quality chiropractic care and enzyme nutrition and never looked back. He believes in not just treating pain, but removing roadblocks and paving the way to a happy and healthy life. Join Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner Mondays from 9 to 10 a.m. on Seattle's Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Right now. 
Doctors Without Borders medical teams are operating in some of the most remote and dangerous corners of the world. When front yards become front lines, at the crossroads of conflict and epidemic, where there are no hospitals, that's where we operate. Your response is critical to our response in places where few others will go. That's where we operate. Learn more at doctorswithoutborders.org. Notice anything different? You should. There's no other station like Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today by three fabulous authors that I know personally, which is why they are on the show today, because I love their books. I like their work. I like everything about them. And so it's super fun to have them join me today. And we just spoke with uh, Sophia Romolde, known as Lobster Bird. And we've also got coming up next, Janaki Chakravarti. And then we'll end the show with Ritu Goswami. Hello. (laughs) Yes. Hi, Janaki. (laughs) So let me tell our listeners a little bit about you, and then we will jump into some questions. So Janaki, I'm going to read just a little bit of your background, and then we will jump into some questions. So uh, (laughs) Janaki is a certified life coach and the proprietor of Possibilities in You, LLC. Janaki lived in India for the first 45 years of her life. From being a broke homemaker, she became the breadwinner after her divorce when she had to raise her two daughters alone. During the course of a long and fulfilling IT career, she moved to the United States permanently in 2007. Passionate about helping other single moms take charge of their lives and and having mentored and supported many such Indian moms to successfully make this journey on their own, Janaki became a life coach to do this work full-time. She is drawn to this work because she believes that it is possible for single moms to grow into their own careers while simultaneously bringing up their children to be responsible adults. More importantly, she believes that this journey can be made in a healing and happy way for the moms. From Broke to Breadwinner is Janaki's first book where she shares her recipe for success, consisting of six ingredients that guide the single mom to be a successful breadwinner and more. She shares her wisdom drawn from her life experiences and those of her clients to help the single mom reader know she is not alone in her struggles, that she has the resources within her to get her through, and she can successfully make it to the other side. She currently lives in Southern California, and in her spare time, she loves cooking, sewing, reading, practicing yoga and meditation, and most of all, loves spending time with her family and friends and playing with her grandchildren. Uh, you can message her or connect with her uh, through her email address, which is Janaki at from b2bbook.com. And I'll just spell that for you. Janaki is spelled J-A-N-A-K-I. And from uh, for her email address and website for this is from b2bbook.com. And two is spelled just T-O, so from b2bbook.com. Um, so, Janaki, you know, we published, we were in the same cohort in terms of writing our books with our writing program and um, on the same timeline in terms of publication. And I, I have to say, I have a lot of clients because, as you guys know, I work with women who are unhappy in their marriages. And for many of those women, that means getting divorced. Not all of them, but um, for many it does. But one of the things that I hear the most in my office is, well, but I'm financially dependent on him and how will I support myself? And most of these women, were once they know their legal rights, they're going to be allocated, um, you know, at least the half of the house and, and half of the assets and there are things there. But having heard your story, Janaki, I'm just like, if Janaki can do it, anybody can, because you are up against a lot of um, seemingly insurmountable barriers. So I would love it if you would share a bit about your story, because that was one of the things that really captivated me about you was how inspiring you and your story are. So can you share a bit about that? Um, so thanks, Sunny, um, um, for the intro. <laughs> I think, uh, like uh, like my bio said, the first 45 years of my life were in India. Um, the the environment that I was, I grew up as a young girl was, um, you know, that the women and girls were not... Um, expected to be professionals or earning for their family or anything. We were just expected to be married off and live happily or unhappily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I had I got married out of my choice, which was a little bit outside of the norm. Uh, and I had two daughters with my husband. But in the first 10 years of my marriage, uh, the, the so-called love uh, that kind of brought us together, I could see a lot of cracks in that. 
because our values were different. Um, we did not see eye to eye on how to bring up the children, on, on the roles of our families, our parents in, 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 in our, our life. And there, so there were a lot of, you know, uh, all the time there were altercations, um, arguments, quarrels. And uh, as the children, uh, my daughters were growing up, I, I felt that, um, you know, this was not the environment that I would like my girls to be brought up in. Uh, I wanted them to be confident young women who would fend for themselves and, uh, you know, who would be happy by themselves before they kind of, you know, uh, chose to get married or whatever. Um, so I decided uh, around the 10th anniversary of my wedding uh, that I would, you know, it was not working. And so I had to come out of the marriage. Now, you know, getting into a marriage with uh, a person outside of my community was a bad choice according to many of my friends and relatives. Mm -hmm. But the second big uh, drama was getting out of the marriage. Um, so that was another struggle. Uh, but I said, hey, this is my choice, my decision. And uh, I, I decided to come out of it. And, uh, and but Jana, what you, do you mind if I read a quote from your book here that I think just really articulates what you're talking about? Like, I, I want to share this quote with a lot of my clients who are uh, deciding whether to stay or go. And I just love how you put it. So if you don't, do you mind if I interject this quote real quick and then we can keep going? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, so these are Janaki's words. It started becoming clearer to me that I wanted my girls, especially as they were girls, to grow up with different values and expectations than the ones they were being raised with, than the ones I had been raised with. I wanted them to have the choices I never had. Again, my husband was a good father and many of my relatives would tell me how I needed to adjust and accept my lot. At least my husband did not cheat on me. He did not beat the kids or me. He was not an alcoholic, and he did not have any terrible habits. At least he loved us. But apparently, for me, this love was not enough, not just by itself. And I think, Janaki, that's just it's so brave. And, and um, it reminds me of um, Liz Gilbert. I was listening to a podcast that she did, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, and she was talking about how it just boggles her imagination that there are these huge swaths of women that do not believe their lives belong to them. And I think you really took ownership of your life and made a brave choice that tolerable was not good enough for you. So I, I applaud you and I will hand them back, back to you. <laughs> no, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think when I, when I hear you say it, 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 it speaks very powerfully because I, I think when I wrote it, it just came out of my mind and heart. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so I think, you know, I hear and, and some of my clients are also abused women, right, who've mm -hmm. gone through physical hardship from their spouses. But um, it, it is even more difficult to come out of the marriage when, when you're not physically abused. The emotional abuse is so internal and mm. you don't even recognize it um, sometimes unless it really starts manifesting itself even physically, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I came out of the marriage and then realized, Oh my God! <laughs> um, and and it's funny because uh, the in, you know at that time when I got a divorce, I got it on the grounds that I would not ask anything out of my uh, husband or my in-laws, oh. um, <laughs> mm. um, because I was kind of in my into my very first job, earning a really really paltry amount. Uh, but I said I have a job. I'm going to bring my bring up my children, and I don't want anything from them because otherwise. The divorce would have dragged on endlessly, and I wanted a cutoff. Yes. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, there was only one real custodian. Um, I don't think my husband ever exercised his rights to file for a joint custody. Um, so in a way, that was fine. In a way, it was difficult, but whatever. Um, I brought up my children, and it took me about four jobs just jumping, uh, oh, this one is not working, and that one, the company shut down. Then, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> uh, it took, I think it was my fourth job that finally gave me the break that I needed in terms of, you know, having a, a good company to work for and uh, a good environment and also a place where I could grow uh, and I could learn and, and, and evolve in, into a career person. Uh, because I had done home science, and uh, to me, that was not a degree with which you could uh, quickly, quickly is the operative word right. here. <laughs> you know, uh, after 10 years of not being, uh, you, know, uh, you know, just being a homemaker, uh, I had to quickly kind of surpass or, and overcome the gap that I had in terms of um, 
starting where I did and then also being self-sufficient to my children who are growing up and education and schooling and all of that would cost some money. Yeah. So uh, it, it took me that. And I think I, uh, what I think made, uh, helped me there was my learning, uh, the quest and the craving that I had for learning because from home science to IT was uh, another huge jump. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And for people here, you know, I think home science, it would be the equivalent of home ec, uh, I think is what we yes. called it growing up. Yeah. Home ec class. So you had a degree in home ec or home science. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your book outlines uh, a recipe uh, that is contains six ingredients. And, and the, the word recipe is actually the acronym for uh, for your steps. And I'll just read those here. Uh, R stands for responsibility to your children. E, earning, earning potential and money management. C, the power of conviction. I, intentional learning. P, personal care as paramount. And E, embracing your reality. Um, and I know just in the interest of time, we don't have, we're not going to be able to go into each of these. But Janaki, I just, there were a couple that really stood out to me that I think will be relevant for our audience. And I loved your take on uh, responsibility to your children and this idea of the guardian mom. What is the guardian mom and how is that different from how a lot of people view uh, their relationship with their kids? Um, so normally as a parent or as a mother, uh, where, you know, whether we plan to have the children or they just happen, we tend to view our children with position. Um, you know, that they are, they belong to us, they are part of us, they came out of us. Uh, then we also have a kind of, a, you know, as the children grow up, we kind of start controlling them. We, we say that these are my values, these are my ways of doing things, and the children have to follow, uh, which is not bad. Uh, but when it becomes more a control and you trying to influence your own opinions and uh, everything that you want to do through your children, uh, it's not so great. And then the last, uh, probably the feeling that we approach our children with is whatever we wanted or you know we did not, could not do, we try to somehow vicariously make all that happen through our children. So we kind of impose our expectations on the children. Um, the Guardian Mom philosophy, uh, and I would like the readers to read my book to figure out, find out how I came across that philosophy. Mm -hmm. But this was something that um, it just came upon me. And this is fundamentally a practice of kind of uh, loving your children with a little bit of detachment. Uh, it, it is making them, uh, helping them become adults by teaching them to fish and yes. not doing things for them. Um, it is loving your children unconditionally. It's not saying that if you do this, I love you. If you don't do this, I, I you know, I, my love for you is diminished. It's not like that. And more, very important, it is letting go of our children as they grow to be adults to find out for themselves and, and to kind of thread their wings and fly and soar uh, and not hold them back. And uh, another important thing for me uh, by guardian mom is you don't feel guilty mm. because you think you are a caretaker. You are not an owner. Um, so therefore, you don't feel guilty. You just keep doing the best that you can. And your best is limited or, or enhanced by your experiences, your knowledge, and whatever you are. So you don't have to feel guilty about that. And whatever you can't give your children, they can get it themselves. Uh, aspire for whatever they want and do it themselves. Yes, yes. I just love that. I, that's the way the book starts off in that first, uh, first ingredient. And I, that just captured me, Janaki. Um, so I, let's see. I've got, I think, time for another question or two. I'll try to combine these here. Because the, uh, one of the other ingredients in your recipe is, is C, the power of conviction. And, you know, to do what you did to leave without any claim of property or any getting anything from your spouse or your in-laws, to not have uh, the degree in IT that perhaps, you know, ultimately was what you went into, you had to have a lot of faith. And so I'm curious, you know, for our final couple minutes together, Janaki, can you speak to the single moms out there and, and that power of conviction that you had and how they can also capture that courage that you that you had to really create the life that you that you have now um i think this came to me in phases because as a young adult in my early 20s i was i was an agnostic uh, i said god you're there i'm here we are happy you know let's carry on with whatever <laughs> we have. 
but when I was unhappy in my marriage and did not, you know, ha- I, I didn't think that I was courageous enough or, you know, I, I felt very desolate. And then it was my grandmother who first instilled in me, uh, she said, what a cowardly, <laughs> you know, she she kind of very was very angry with me. She said, you have to be a lot more brave in your, in your uh, life. And therefore, she just taught me some, uh, you know, Hindu uh, slokas, as they, we call it, some prayers. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't know how they worked, but they just gave me that extra feeling of hope, of confidence, and everything that seemed bleak before uh, started looking a little bit uh, clearer, and I, I knew what I had to do. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, when we say prayers, it's not for that you want something specific uh, or, or like things like happiness or whatever. Um, I think ultimately, I think I've used a quote also that I had uh, in the book. It When you pray for the right direction and, and for the right clarity in your mind, I think um, God just sends you the right things, whether they are challenges, problems, whatever, those are the exact right things that bring out the best in you. Yeah. And, and for people who don't want to say God, I just say it's the universe, it's positivity. Yes. It's yeah, it's it's being grateful, it's being content. It's looking for the silver lining uh, within every cloud. Uh, you and you don't, mm. you know, you're not angry, envious of others. You wish well for other people. Yeah. Uh, you forgive yourself. That's very very important because you can bl- keep blaming yourself and feeling bad. But you forgive yourself, and then you are able to forgive others. Yes, um, yes, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, I just I love that Janaki, um, and um, I do hope that you guys will uh, get Janaki's book. Um, if you want, I think um, if you want to reach out to Janaki, her email again is Janaki at from B to B Book dot com. Um, yeah. So, okay. Now we're going to transition in our final final segment to read to and Janaki. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Sonny. Um, okay, so Ritu, woohoo. Oh, and of course, Janaki's <laughs> book is called uh, uh, From Broke to Breadwinner, A Single Mom's Guide to Financial Independence and More. Um, so turning to Ritu, Ritu Goswami, uh, her book is Hi. called... Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book is called The New Billable Hour, Bill More Hours, Be More Productive, and Still Have Work-Life Balance. Um, Ritu is a lawyer, an author, and a productivity consultant. She helps lawyers make small, practical changes to their lives to be more productive and have more work-life balance. She works closely with lawyers all over the world and holds retreats in the Santa Cruz Mountains where she lives. Her uh, email address is ritu at newbillablehour.com, and ritu is spelled R-I-T-U, ritu at newbillablehour.com. Ritu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so... Uh, we have in common the, that we are both attorneys, and uh, I remember well, I was at a large civil defense firm. Uh, I had a billable hour requirement that was around 1900, I think, and that was Oof. in, um, gosh, what would that have been in 2002-ish? Um, yeah, so I remember that pressure, and, and even though, you know, you're at the office for 12 hours, you may only end up being able to bill six of them, and there's just, <laughs> and I was constantly, I was always getting in trouble because I spent too much time, too much time, because I'm very thorough and fearful. Um, so, Ritu, we know what the old <laughs> billable hour is. Okay, what is the new billable hour, and why did you write this book? Sure. So... The new billable hour is taking this this concept of time, of worth, of value, which for lawyers and not only lawyers, right? Um, I think most people are, are familiar with this idea of billable time, time we're working, time we're giving to others. And our value becomes, like you said, it's fear-based and it's very um, external and focusing on what we can do for others and, and how we can um, work, work, work for other people. And so the new billable hour is turning that idea on its head, turning it inward, and we become our own client. So the new billable hour is billing ourselves one hour per day before we bill anyone else. And and in, in that hour, we um, take time for ourselves and and recharge and take care of what we need to so then we can be more productive. We can have work-life balance. We can be our best selves like we're talking about today, right? I'm very inspired by the other authors. So same idea, just a lawyerly way to say it. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) then let's back up a little because 
it is very um, this is the idea that you have this new billable hour. It is revolutionary um, in terms of uh, at least my feeling. Thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of what things were like in a in a firm culture when I was still practicing. So, Ritu, for you, um, I'm guessing that there is a story behind this about why you would create this new billable hour. What was your life like before? Sure. It's so great. You said revolutionary because I wrote that in the book because to, to, to me, I would I, I was not using that word. But my very first client, um, when I presented this idea, just like it did now, she's like, that's revolutionary, yeah. but not in a good but not in a good way ah. with a client like like you expect me to do that. Like <laughs> you're nuts. <laughs> um, so I have been a lawyer um, since the year 2000. I graduated from law school and my First 10 years, I was working for nonprofit organizations. And then the last 10 years, as you mentioned, I have had my own law practice doing immigration law, which I'm still doing. And if you anybody's watching the news, you know, it's a little exciting right now. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why you were you're like, is she still practicing? <laughs> I can't I, I since I have my own practice, like I'm going to be practicing for a long time, like the government won't decide cases. So right. Um, here we are. <laughs> right. So yes. Yeah, so, so here we are. And so um, Yes, I'm still practicing. And it's interesting because I'm, um, yeah, I'm not a recovering lawyer. I love being a lawyer. I love lawyers. And actually, we connected in the, as authors because of that, right? And yeah. you're like, I was a lawyer. Yes, <laughs> I'm yes. like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything else about you, but I love you. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so um, ever since law school, so I, I wanted to start positive. I mean, and and always be positive. But um, there's all this negativity around lawyers and it's like, there must be some story of like a breakdown or, you know, like I hate it and yeah. I, you know, you know, like people have, and it's more, it's more that there was like this, like, like Johnny said, there was like this cloud or this like, um, fog over like what I thought law was going to be and what it really is. Yeah. Um, you know, and what we all wanted, like, I'm sure you too, why we go to law school. I mean, it's such a special honor to be a lawyer and to be involved in people's lives and we have to go through a lot to get to have that honor yeah and when I say this it's like what are you talking about you're a lawyer (laughs) um you know we're 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 healers and we're warriors and we're helping people through conflict and that's what I always thought it was I still think that um however (laughs) I went to law school (laughs) as, as, as you did and many others um and it wasn't quite like that and there was it was a very competitive fear-based like we're talking about this billable hour like um just a lot of uh it's very disconnected from ourselves and um, I went back back to what Sophia was talking about not really in alignment like we came to do this kind of work and then what we're how we're asked to do it is not in alignment with what we thought it was yes and so there was always this this tension and so um, I had a parallel spiritual journey, my own hero's journey, where I discovered a lot of healing practices um, and, and figuring out how can I be a lawyer and still be in alignment mm-hmm. and, and still be true to myself um, and balance myself. Because what I discovered is it's very um, imbalancing. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> you know, being a lawyer, like we, and it's, it's, we have to be very external. We have to be aggressive. We have to be strong advocates. And that's those are very important qualities. However, we need to learn how to balance that in order to be people yes. um, and to be better lawyers. And so, so that's basic. That was basically my journey, and um, I want to help other lawyers through that journey. I guess. Yeah, and and so it's really interesting the way you've presented it. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, but our we have a very yeah. spiritually minded audience here at KKW mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in Seattle. So the way that your book is marketed, or and and of course your the steps, it's a six step process or system um, of the new billable hour that includes things like meditation, taking a lunch break, um, having a, a morning routine, an energizing morning routine, uh, grounding at night. Um, taking uh, movement and incorporating it uh, with breath into your day, as well as connecting with nature. So I, I'm going to throw a hunch that like you're actually kind of secretly coming in and and connecting them um, with a little bit more of the woo woo, perhaps, or a little bit like you maybe you can be kind of stealth in connecting them with something even larger. So it's not just like this. I'm not articulating this very well, but it's not a sterile process. You're actually really connecting them with themselves. So although it says they will be more productive, what they're really going to get is transformation in who they are as a person. Does that make sense? <laughs> what All I'm- of that. So my, um, in addition to being um, 
a lawyer. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a yoga instructor and I, I'm a certified Ayurvedic health counselor. So these, my system, the new billable hour comes from ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda and Ayurveda is, um, translates into, um, the science of life, how, how to live and balance ourselves and live in sync with nature. And so that is how it was created, but in a way for our modern times. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and I want to say productivity is the same as creativity. Mm. If we, you know, look like, cause I had never really used that word. I mean, we use it, but we don't really know what we're saying. You know, we're just like kind of absent-minded about it. Right. But being productive means having our, uh, carrying out our purpose and creating and actually, flowing, you know, being, being, being what, like, you know, what, (laughs) you know, like, like creating what we're, what we need to create in this world, right. Producing. Yes. So, um, right. So I think it's all the same thing. Exactly. You know, and that's why I started talking about spirituality from the, from the get go. Cause you know, my other authors here and your listeners that this is highly spiritual. It's also very efficient. So if, 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 (laughs) um, you know, this about me, That, yeah, I like to be, well, you read my bio and it was short. Like, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what's the least that we can do <laughs> to, to be focused and, um, and stay to purpose? Because, you know, we all don't have a lot of time and we have a lot to do while we're here. And especially lawyers and especially um, anyone who's concerned about their time. Uh, and so there's all this wisdom and it was it came to us in a different time and place. And right now, when we're in modern society and there are all these demands and everything is 24-7, I, I create the system was created so it's practical, tangible for the modern spiritual person. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And she actually breaks it down. You know, it's like, and it, for attorneys who read this book, you will recognize mm-hmm. that this is exactly because we would bill at my firm in 0.2 hour increments. And so you've got like 0.2 hours for your lunch break, uh-huh. 0.1 <laughs> hours for connecting with nature. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. So very digestible and approachable for an attorney out there. Um, so I know we've got just two minutes left. Um, Ritu, I'm just going to, I know I want to mention that you have a new yeah. billable hour program in July at 1440 Multiversity. For those out there, 1440.org is the website. You guys might have heard of it. It's kind of like Esalen or Omega. Um, what an honor. Um, so if you want to connect with Ritu and find out more about that, um, her email is Ritu at newbillablehour.com. Ritu, in 30 seconds, um, what, what, what final message do you want to share with our listeners? And then we'll bring the show to a close. They can get a free copy of my book uh-huh. uh, by also emailing me. <laughs> and I think that, was, yes. And, um, and it's not just for lawyers, for anyone. And so just email me at Ritu, R-I-T-U, at newbillablehour.com. Awesome. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you, Janaki. Thank you, Ritu, for being on Sunny in Seattle today. Thank, Thank you. you, Sunny. Thank you for uh, having us. Absolutely. And so just for you guys out there, I'll read the names one more time with their book title and give you an email address if you want to grab a free copy or connect with the authors. So Sophia Ramolde, who we know as Lobster Bird, Level Up, Power Practices for Spiritual Abundance. Her email is magic at lobsterbird.com. Then, of course, we've got Janaki Chakravarti from Broke to Breadwinner, A Single Mom's Guide to Financial Independence and More. Her email is Janaki at from b2bbook.com. And finally, Ritu Goswami, The New Billable Hour. Bill more hours, be more productive, and still have work-life balance. Email address is Ritu at newbillablehour.com. Thank you guys for listening and joining us here today for our first author roundtable. Um, go enjoy that weekend. You've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. This is your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.